0: Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in The Canon Canon. Gawain! Welcome to The Canon Canon, the podcast where we talk about the films of... Canon Group, Canon Films. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia-Hale. And today, oh, what a guest that we have. The people, yes. a.k.a. one or two people, have been chomping at the bits, <laughs> champing at the bits to get this crossover. It is like a DC Marvel crossover here. From the High and Mighty podcast and Action Boys, John Gabris. Gabris, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm wonderful. I... Was doing really well, and then I watched this movie, so I got bumped down to like pretty well.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Speaking of, yes. So today we have you on to talk about uh the 1984 canon release, The Sword of the Valiant. Uh, which uh say the full title. <laughs> All right, wait, okay, Jesus Christ, yes. Uh where, is it The Sword of it's... the Valiant, Sir Gawain, and the Green Knight? The Legend of Sir Gawain Jesus and fucking the Green Knight. Yes. Uh yep, that's what we watched today, which uh Gabrus, I'm with you. Uh and you know, uh, was this a movie? Uh I'm still not completely positive sometimes while I was watching it. It's more of a collection of things happening. Uh but we will get into it, but first off, Gabris, uh welcome uh, first off, and uh two how you doing
1: today yeah uh I mean let's uh like put it this way like I was excited to do your podcast because it meant I got to watch a movie which made me feel like I was uh getting something done in this world and that getting something done was watching like a weird ass dot avi file of a fucking <laughs> Standard def <laughs> rip of a movie that I I had known nothing about except for like right. a brief glimpse that I saw in the Canon doc, uh, uh, you know, uh, Electric Boogaloo or whatever that was called, and sure. So I was I was like so stoked to put this on. <laughs> I'm a big fantasy head <laughs> and all that, and then like I was like, oh, this will be a nice hour and a half escape from what's going on, and I almost. And this is a constant struggle for me. I'm not a millennial. I mean, I guess I'm technically one of the oldest millennials, but I struggled to not look at my phone while watching this. I could not. like. I was like, (laughs) I. and then I did look at my phone for like six minutes at one point, and I swear I missed nothing. I swear I looked up and I was like, I feel like they're still in the same fucking set.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, they were still on the open field where you were having a picnic with your wife. And you're like, what the fuck are these LARPers doing over there? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I did the same. I tried to fight the good fight and not look at my phone and then. Ooh, around when Peter Cushing showed up, I was like, I gotta take a break here for a while. You, um, you guys,
1: are, you guys are both dads, so it's really funny to imagine of like, honey, can you watch the kid? I have to do work, and then she's like, What are you watching? And
2: you guys, yeah, right,
0: Daddy's yeah. working. I, uh,
1: <laughs> Gawain, my, my son
0: took a nap, and I was like, I guess I'm getting with Gawain now uh, <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> And then she, they woke up to like, what happened? You look so tired and sweaty. I was like, oh, okay, let's not get into
3: it. Um, uh, well, I had, yeah, I had, I had a a gig this week. It was like a long, so I I took an edible to kind of like relax, and I was like, I'll watch this movie while well, uh, after taking an edible, and you know, my daughter's asleep. But then I've been away all week, and my my wife's like, oh, you're gonna okay. I guess we won't hang out. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I mean that being said, Frank you did text me almost like right before I was going to bed it was like I think I might love this
2: movie <laughs>
0: oh yeah I do
3: I and I'm gonna tell you why I mean yes the edibles definitely helped with that but I'm gonna tell you why I love this movie uh later on yeah, yeah. when we
0: get to it uh but yeah so Gabriels what uh some of us if we know you know but like what was your relationship before this podcast with uh Canon films
1: uh, I think only like, up to a up until a few years ago i never i never understood the connection of the canon films mm-hmm. i but when i watched the documentary uh that showed you know that was about the history of canon group and canon films i saw like you know 10 to 15 movies that i've seen hundreds of times and like right. a handful a handful of movies that i've seen once or twice so i right. was like holy shit i didn't realize and it's rare, like, I guess, like, younger generation might have a hard time understanding this, but I, I'm, i like, old enough and dumb enough and enough of a movie fan. Like, I remember being a kid and telling my dad I loved Goodfellas when he came out, and he goes, oh, you should watch Mean Streets. And me right. not even <laughs> thinking of the connection of, like, oh, a director would also direct True. something else and like I learned that at like 14 but then at right. like 30 31 a few years ago of 35 a few years ago I was like holy shit I don't realize how much canon group can and canon films were a part of my childhood so many I mean I'm more of a Chuck Norris Steven Seagal, like that uh, you know uh, Arnold and Sly like that's my bread and butter that world mm-hmm. and they ha- and they have a little bit of a Venn diagram crossover with canon obviously but obviously. like that style of mu- that style of movie for and for again not to be old man Gabrus but like the style of movie where you're like oh cool this is on TNT this afternoon I'm uh, right. <laughs> like, I, this is what I'm doing for the next three hours with commercials. You know, wh- right. Jonathan, Jonathan, don't forget. You got to make your bed. No, I know I will. There's going to be a commercial coming up soon. I'm going to get all the work done on the commercial and I'm just going to run back and sit in front of the TV <laughs> as soon as Conan the Barbarian's back on or whatever. You know,
0: right. <laughs> no <laughs> retreat, so- no surrender, Ma. geez. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you realize it was the rich tapestry of your life was actually woven by Canon films
1: uh, tr- truly and it took that documentary and then like with action boys rewatching a lot of these cla- like and paying paying more attention to the connections and all that and loving the Canon films logo uh, like there's right. such a no- yeah. it's like a nostalgia fucking sniper shot right to my fucking temple like <laughs> just like the visual and then, like, the grainy, like, even in this movie, when it started, it was just, like, um, you know, Golan and Globus. I'm like, yes. And then it opens with, like, insane, over-the-top, exp- explanatory shit that has no bearing on the rest of the movie. And that, <laughs> yeah. that's, like, a canon hallmark of, like, yes, heavy-loaded opening first act, like, way too much information lore building. Canon is the king of, like, radios playing news stories that help lay the ground or newspaper headlines (laughs) to kind of tell you what's happening in the world of the movie. But instead, this has, like, just a crazy ass armorer who's like, but you're this person, Gawain, and this is a knight, and that's a knight," And I'm like,
0: (laughs) I worry all the time that Canon has, in my own writing, ruined any subtlety. That I'm just oh. like, oh you no, know, you gotta lay all this shit out, man, and make it hard, hard hitting <laughs> that people are gonna get this. Uh, in uh, usually, I, this is might be uh, related to you. Like usually around here too, we ask kind of like, what is your was your relationship with the video store growing up? But also, I would love to hear that. But also, John Murray, friend of us and the podcast, uh, reminded me recently of. I always think about the video store being the places, but WPIX 11. Uh, oh yeah, which was a like that was like he was he recently we were talking about Black Rain or something. I don't even know why this came up, and then he started sending me like old YouTube videos of the Shocktober uh, commercials that they would do for WPIX 11, and that was exactly like what you said was like a sniper shot of nostalgia to me because I was like, how do I know every Note of this commercial, where I was like, "Did I learn about Phantasm Two from this commercial?" But I, did WPIX Eleven was that a go-to for you? Oh, for like sure. Growing up, that
1: was like, because yeah. they they would they would have like the Saturday movie or the Friday for growing up. And I think this is probably same for you guys. I know it's the same for if we're just. Uh, I'm gonna. I don't I haven't seen Murray in a while, but I can imagine based on my history with him, the same for him. When you were a kid, like getting to watch any like we talk about this on action boys all the time it's like that feeling of like now you can choose whatever you want back then you'd be like i know there's gonna be a movie on this channel i hope it's something i like and then if it's something you medium like or don't like at all you convince yourself that you're like well still it's better than like playing outside or talking (laughs) to my brother or like doing homework so you're like I guess I'm going to watch this movie, uh, maybe a movie I've seen a hundred times, maybe a movie I don't even really like that much. You're like, all right, I guess I'm watching Awakenings with commercials. Like, you just, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm I a 12 year old kid in the middle of the day. <laughs> and, yeah. I'm a 12 year old kid who's like, friends are at a pool party and I'm going to be watching Awakenings by myself in my <laughs> living room.
0: I mean, that is the, pe- like, it was just like the, the, the it wasn't. About Troy. it was just like this is what's on, so I'm gonna just uh, like I know I know Bloodsport is one of my favorite action films, but also is it one of my favorites because it never was not on? Like, right. I could go to WPIX, <laughs> I could go to HBO and then the video store, and it always was there uh, uh, more so than my family. Uh, uh, and that's I, why I, I love you, Jean Claude.
1: I'm with you, but I also think a movie like Bloodsport any other a movie of higher quality or more depth being on mm-hmm. all the time would maybe fry you if you had to like uh, and, right. uh, and I, i'm not trying to i'm not trying to like parse what movie's better than uh, other movies i'm not trying to cause any controversies but I, for example like just i'm trying to think of a heady movie i also like like man on fire or something, you know something like that like right uh, if that was on the, as much as bloodsport was like you'd like that would be hard to handle it but like bloodsport being on all the time is like it's arguably passive viewing at times, you know, (laughs) you're like, okay. (laughs) And it's, Especially these repeat viewings. You're like, well, I got 20 minutes in the middle here where he's like sort of running on fucking rice boats, running away from Forest Whitaker. <laughs> so who gives a fuck? I can get up and make a fucking turkey sandwich and come back before he fights uh, Bolo Young, you know?
0: <laughs> exactly. You know exactly when the racist African fighting seed is going to show up. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you can come back to that and before the guy says, OK, USA i uh, be like, yeah, I can take a little break here for a second, make an entire plate of fish sticks and nothing else. Uh, yeah, I just say like it was uh, it, it, I, it was only recently that I remembered the power of WPIX in that range. I mean, that was Connecticut, Jersey, Long Island, like everywhere. Uh, and it was oh. so
1: strong. Yeah. Also, the another thing. This is off topic for, but it's kind of in the wheelhouse of what we're talking about. The uh, extended HBO opening, where it turns from a skyscraper into the uh, a, like into a cityscape into the HBO logo. Yeah. <laughs> that shit is uh, like, I watch that like trailer all the time.
0: That's oh yeah. that's <laughs> a uh, uh, antidepressant drug for me. Still, yes. like, I just feel like it chills me out because I'm like, oh, right. This is when things are good.
1: Right. We were so poor growing up, but we got illegal. Like, we were that blue collar family that was poor. But, like, my dad had a friend, a different friend who did any job like you needed. So, like, we had uh-huh. a friend who was a cable guy who fucking gave us hbo but when we eventually lost hbo my family had gotten so hooked on it that my dad paid for it which is like the my dad wouldn't pay for shit my family wouldn't pay for anything you wanted it'd be like don't play lacrosse play soccer there's way less equipment you know would be like the shit that we would be told (laughs) but then when when hbo was so powerful that my dad was like fuck i we have to get this family hbo like we like the movies we like all this shit too much and like what having HBO is like for me was in between the power of streaming and that fucking chasing. You'd be like, oh, great, there's always going to be a movie on this network. You know, not like yes. WPIX where you'd be like, Saturday morning movie or whatever their f- famous movie time was. With HBO, you'd be like, there's most likely a movie playing, but God knows what movie. And right. you're like, oh, she's having a baby. Okay, I'll watch this exactly. and see if I get any of these jokes. But like, you would just eventually watching a a movie like the content mattered less and so that's what yeah, like yeah. i felt like even with sort of valiant i'm like i'm just pumped to be watching a movie i like watching old movies where they're people are making more choices and stuff like taking bigger mm-hmm. swings oh, yeah. and this movie reeks of that and oh, my God. when you're watching a- When you watch an old movie and randomly, and it sucks, but randomly Sean Connery and Grand Moff Tarkin are in it, like, you might want (laughs) to fucking settle in and pay attention.
0: (laughs) And the the main Nazi from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark,
3: which, like, who's just doing the same thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, it took me, I was, like, sitting there just, like, not paying attention. I was like, who the fuck does he remind me of? And then, oh, there he is, baby. (laughs) <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we should then get into before we get really into *Story of the Valley*. Too, I know you. It's one of the reasons you kind of picked this. Like, what is also your relationship, Gabrus, with like fantasy, like the sword and sandal movies, etc.? Uh,
1: the movies. I love fantasy. I'm 38 years old. I still listen to fantasy audiobooks. I read fantasy novels. And since moving to L.A. and my brain just downshifted from, like, intelligent New Yorker to vapid, like, West Hollywood uh, pothead, audiobooks have taken – the only books I can read are fantasy novels. If they're not, like, memoirs of movie and TV celebrities that I worshipped or (laughs) – or or fucking fantasy novels I can't read it I just my it can't hold my attention anymore I'm broken so right. I and I'm I grew up on a lot of these playing D&D and stuff so I'm always seeking out fantasy movies but I do think there's a dearth of them in a way specifically for what I'm looking at because I don't love like the desert fantasy. I like like that European fantasy in the of what in the vein of what we're watching here with Sword of Valiant, right? But but like Crawl was one of my favorite movies growing up. Like uh like because that that kind of scratched that itch of everything I needed: swords, magic, cool people, like you know beautiful women in weird outfits, like Willow. Th- those kind of movies yeah. meant a lot to me growing up. So. That's pretty much why. Oh yeah. I didn't want to pick a movie I've do- seen a million times, so I was trying to f- pick a movie I'd never seen. And then I yeah. and then I picked this movie and you were like, "I don't even know if we could find that."
2: And then I was like, "Uh-oh."
1: <laughs> I was like, "Well, that's probably I'll why say
0: I wrote multiple times, not to shit on Crawl, but a little bit. I, I there every once in a while I wrote might be better than Crawl at certain points." <laughs> Because uh, I recently rewatched Crawl and I was like, "Oh, maybe do I think Crawl might be boring now?" Um, uh, I didn't, Krull, didn't hold Crawl
1: takes its it takes itself a little more seriously than sort of Valiant, which uh, is a strike a strike against it.
0: Yeah, that is a big strike against it. And I mean, I, you know, Frank, we'll get into it, but that is a big. That's one of the pluses of sort of Valiant is it's unclear. If they are not taking itself seriously, like yeah the, <laughs> yeah, the 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 comedy level is unclear if they're aware or completely unaware.
3: Um, oh god, yeah, I can't wait to talk about this shit. So
0: let's get into it. So Frank, first off, do what are some basic what what are some basic story of the valiant facts here?
3: Okay, so some basic facts. It came out on August seventeenth, nineteen eighty four. Um, I could not find a budget uh, for this (laughs) and it does not show up, uh, in placement in 1984. If you go to box office mojo, uh, I'm willing to bet this was probably a straight to video. Um, yeah, but, and I would bet the budget,
0: uh, number is most of the money went to Sean Connery. I think (laughs) absolutely.
1: Well, yes, this movie is so hard to find. You gotta wonder how much, how much work Sean Connery's agent is doing to bury this movie.
0: <laughs> Just keep taking a look at that outfit he's wearing. It's like bury it, bury it, bury it. Um, oh yeah, Jesus Christ.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, 1984 is one of the best years for movie releases these are top 10 movies course number one ghostbusters two indiana jones and the temple of doom three gremlins four karate kid five police academy six footloose seven beverly hills cop eight star trek three the search for spock nine terms of Endearment. and ten romancing the stone that is 1984 1984 good year
1: that's a fucking solid Great. top 10 that might be a, f- it, me, yeah. me and my wife keep trying to find, li- Uh, by the way, Frank, Tiff says, what's up? Uh, Frank and my wife oh, used cool. to work together like 12 to 13 years ago, <laughs> way back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> at New
3: Line Cinema. <laughs> yeah.
1: Nice. But um, we are trying to find like new ways to rewatch movies, like trying to find, and like I think top 10 movies of 1984 might be a fucking fun, you know, to-do list for movies just based yeah. on that list. Just, oh, Yeah. Good call. I mean, no matter
0: what, you're getting a police academy in that one, so you know you got a winner there, (laughs) Gabrus. I mean, oh, by the way, (laughs) yeah,
3: yeah. By the way, all the police academies are on HBO Max now.
1: Oh, yes, HBO Max. Know what I'm doing? Pretty solid library on HBO Max. Up there with (laughs) stars.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's the CISO of our generation right now. (laughs) Uh, But, (laughs) uh, so yeah, who? What? I don't. What is the director's name who did this? Stephen Weeks. That's it. So he didn't. Do, he already he did this movie before. He I did guess? It in the seventies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <With>, starring <laughs> so weird, starring Murray Head, who sang One Night in Bangkok. <laughs> Total weird fucking lineup for that. But Godspeed, chess soundtracks great. Um, yeah, uh, he-
3: but a story so nice he directed it twice. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. He said, you know what? I didn't get it right. I didn't get the humor right. Let me make sure I really nail it out of the park with the (laughs) second one. So this was supposed to be Mark Hamill starring in it? Yeah. Crazy. And probably a better choice uh, than Miles O'Keefe of the A-Tour Who was in the weird
3: Canon Tarzan uh, softcore
0: reboot (laughs) with Bo Derek. Uh, And the thing I know him mostly from is playing Dracula in the movie Waxworks. Oh, yeah, (laughs) Uh, which was a big Garlock childhood movie for some reason.
1: I was just about to say that's that's the most Garlock sentence I've heard in a while. Well, actually, what I know this guy from is an obscure horror movie. And
0: if if you they're not eating steak tartare, that's human flesh and blood in that scene. Um, oh shit <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah they had like it like they wanted mark campbell but then golden and globus were like no no we got to get miles in here they had like this was yeah. like their pre dudikoff boner like it yeah, was like right. they had and you could tell because it's you know we'll get into it more like it's a pretty horny movie uh and miles starts off with that you know rack of his just fucking jacked in a blacksmith uh place.
1: <laughs> well, I gotta say, uh I think Mark Hamill changed like plays into the plot they have a little bit more that yeah. Gawain is not a hero and he has to rise to the occasion and he's like a me but the fact that he's Ator that which is where I know him from like those Conan knockoffs That's where I that know he him did. From, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. He did like I- Iron Soldier or Iron Warrior or whatever and those A <laughs> <Right>. movies. <laughs> Back when you would be like, "Oh shit, is this Conan?" Oh no, <laughs> it's <Exactly>. not.
0: <laughs> God damn it!
1: <laughs> but yeah,
3: they had changed the name to the Cave Dwellers for that one too. Oh, did they? Yeah, on the, or at least on MST3K, they when they watched it, it, they for some reason they changed the name to Cave Dwellers, and then when they did the the reboot, when they watched the sequel to or the prequel to it. They had the original name. It was, it's kind of confusing, but yeah, that's what I know him from. Right. <laughs> that's crazy.
1: <laughs> but uh, if he's so shredded and oily in the first scene that you're like, well, this guy is a total badass. Like, And when Sean Connery shows up, you're like, fucking Gawain's going to smoke this motherfucker.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. not at all. So just not to jump ahead, because I like, but uh, so Please. No, let's do it. Yeah. Well, Please when is ahead. that? When does that scene happen? Like, that scene, is that supposed to be before the Green Knight comes? Or is that a flash forward? Is that a fucking Lost-style flash forward? I was confused about that. Or did they just, like, say, like, we got this oily guy. We got to show him off. Because there's no point. I thought when they got to the blacksmith shit at the end in the blacksmith fight that that was going to be the scene. But does that scene just exist in a non-world where he's just shirtless and oily?
1: I don't I, I truly don't understand even like the arc of Gawain in this right. he, like loosely he just goes to three different places gets captured three separate times and then like, right
0: <laughs> somehow escapes it is crazy that I'm trying to come up with what the fuck the structure is from the beginning right. and then immediately as soon as it starts it's just like oh none of that matter it just like more so than any canon film maybe I've watched in a while.
1: Shit looks, shit looks so similar that you're like, hasn't he already been here? And you're like, I don't know if this is a <laughs> new place. And then also like, you're like, there's time jumps where you're like, how far, how long has he been gone from Humphrey? Humphrey's acting like it's been a day. The movie makes it seem like it's been a month and a half.
0: <laughs> Dude, when the right. when the Green Knight is like, you're not playing my rules right, and he's like, it's been half a year. <laughs> right, like, my, right, right, right. My mind was blown. I think that was when I started looking at my phone and I put it down. I was like, what? Like, it's been like two weeks, motherfucker. What the fuck happened? Because right before that, I had said to myself, like, eh, at the very least, a lot of shit happens really quick. But now I'm like, wait, were there like months in between unicorns and fucking sex witches that he was just oh dicking around with Humphrey, maybe? I have no idea.
1: I forgot about the unicorn till just now. The unicorn moves its head and the horn gets caught on the branch and it like lifts <laughs> yeah. off, the, yeah. off the horse's <laughs> head. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that.
3: There were a lot of takes in this that felt like they were like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just leave it in, especially with like um, his love interest. There were two times where it's felt like she swallowed her line. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they were like. Uh, they were like, nah, you know what? Let's just keep moving. That's probably the best we're going (laughs) to get. And that unicorn (laughs) felt like that, too.
0: I mean, this was also... And we'll end up pointing out a bunch of them. But, like, the whole time I was like, this is a ADR fuck-up wet dream for Frank Garcia Hale. Oh, yeah. Like, I know how much you love those fucking terrible ADRs. And they were just like, it was like every other scene was like, a, gong, gong, gong. "Like," and I was like, oh, there's another one. Put down the pile. <laughs> <laughs> Some weird fucked-up thing they're going to do. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, one, because we always have to say at the beginning, bummer, no candid logo. Like this was our first one besides Death Wish 2. I think that doesn't have a Canon Group or a Canon Films logo. Uh just the Canon Group name, which I was like excited but got to have that logo, baby. I need
3: that. I, I need wonder that logo. if it was because of the copy we had.
0: I mean maybe. Uh could, should we yell be. should we yell at our friend Noah Segan, who got us this uh copy? <laughs> Noah Seagan, you fucked up. God damn it, man. Give us our logo. <laughs> Uh, no, no,
3: don't make him mad. He's the one who's giving us these movies. Oh, that's true. <laughs> we, we need Kinjite <laughs> forbidden subjects.
0: We love you, Noah. Don't worry about this. It's cool. It's cool. I'm going to guess it would have been the old the Canon
3: group logo anyway. So, Yeah, not one of
1: the not, best n- not the super fun one. No.
3: Yeah, the uh, from like 86 I think on is the one with the fun one. Yeah, with the way too
0: long uh, music that we always talk about. It's just like dong ding oh, yeah. ding,
3: dong, dong, ding
0: dong 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 dong. Um <laughs> uh, so uh, I also, going back to the our past couple episodes, I swore that was John P. Ryan making his armor in the first scene, and I was so psyched <laughs> that John P. Ryan was going to be in another fucking canon film, uh, because we both were surprised he showed up in Avenging Force after Runaway Trade, but, uh, alas, <laughs> no John P. Ryan. Uh, but yeah, Gabrus, were you excited when you saw that first scene? Were you like, oh, fuck, we're going to have a fucking real- barbarian movie here
1: yeah it really misrepresents the amount of like uh there it this is a weird movie there is a lot of action but it's Mm -hmm. the action isn't that good so it's like it's like one of those (laughs) normally canon movies you kind of like suffer through some fucking dialogue or some, or it's like fun in a weird way. And then you get some like Chuck with double fisting bazookas or some shit like that. (laughs) (laughs) This, this movie maybe promises over promises and under delivers. And like that. And that's like my main problem with this movie is that it's not absolutely awesome, but it's not also egregiously bad in any fun specific way the highlight of this movie i think is having some of these legendary actors appear throughout this movie where you're like oh my god that's john reese davies (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs)
0: because when he finally showed up i was like there he is and then he also is gone in like a scene and i was like there he wasn't he's over (laughs) um Cause it is like he came in and just did like a quick, like uh, ninja mission and then got out. He just came. He yelled a lot, uh, going with one of the themes of this movie that I couldn't understand what most people were saying. Um, whether it was just yelling or everything having so much flange on the vocals wearing like electro
3: harmonics, um, (laughs) you know, like helmets.
0: It's like, he's got like boom pads and fucking like, yeah, like voice oscillators on every single voice.
3: Um, Well, what sucks about those scenes is because they, they had it for the night, but then they just were too lazy to turn it off for all the dialogue. Yeah. (laughs) So then everybody had the echo.
0: Yeah it really it felt like whenever I go see like a death metal band like death metal bands always like continue the death metal voice in between songs so that it's like the in-between banjo will just like what's up everybody oh thank you Cleveland and, exactly and I always talk about it. there was one time this band hate eternal I love but they were having like tech issues so it's like his amp keeps cutting and he's just like sorry about that guys I <laughs> Ugh, I don't know. Like, I was just like, oh, buddy. And that's what the Black Knight especially felt like. Like, I was like, you got to turn it down a notch, bud. Like, give me some real human being voice. Um, uh,
1: something I really like about Canon is that they're visibly frugal. And I'm sure over the course of this podcast, you guys could probably get some red yarn going on your conspiracy <laughs> board and be like, this set from Sword of Valiant is also used like this prop. Because. In this movie yep. that black that black knight's armor gets spray painted like four different colors and just put on other people throughout right. the movie. <laughs> 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 They're like, "All right, make They're it red really for does. this guy, make it fucking white for this guy." <laughs>
0: It's why we were so flummoxed even in that last episode watching Avenging Force where they're like, they swear this isn't a photo from American Ninja that they're looking at. Like, there's no way they're not replicating that. It's the same duo in the same outfit. Uh, <laughs> why would they waste money even on a photographer? Because it's fucking canon. Uh, but uh, going with the sounds too, uh, and I assume we all noticed that. Like one, I was... I was very excited that this was going to be essentially a synthesizer soundtrack uh, oh my by this yes. guy Ron Geeson, who apparently helped out Pink Floyd do the orchestration on Adam Hart Mother. Um What? Yeah. Like because he lived in the same town as Roger Waters, and he ended up helping out like with he also did this weird record with Roger Waters that I need to listen to called Sounds from the Body, which is all Music made from legitimate sounds from the body. Oh boy. So it's just a bunch of fart tracks. Um, Which also, Jesus, there are a lot of fart tracks in this movie, I think. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I swore I kept hearing farting this whole time, but we'll get into it. It's it's
3: that, it's that like weird, it's one of my least favorite kind of music scores from, like, the 80s to early 90s when it's a cheap production and they're like, we can't afford actual horns, so let's just do it from the, the synthesizer. It'll yeah. sound great. And then it just sounds like... Which is and the it problem. it always sounds so fucking bad.
0: All I want is synth soundtracks and, like, as soon as that, like, Madrigal band played in King Arthur's fucking court, I was just like, this is out of tune. Like, it sounds like a weird, fucked up, like, Casio trumpet.
3: Well, the main... The main track sounds like uh, the first draft of John Williams' Superman score.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it oh, does. Oh, yeah. Because there are a couple notes that hits throughout There, you're like, that sounds familiar
3: enough. Um, yeah. But it's just like kind of lazy and being like, yeah, we'll just put this here as a placeholder and then we'll, you know, zhuzh it up later. Right. And then that's what it feels like. It's just the the scratch track.
0: So when did we all realize that this might be kind of goofy? Was it from the first scene? <laughs> like with King Arthur? The music. It might have just been the music score. Yeah,
1: I think I think the appearance of Sean Connery because that 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 hits you on the roller coaster when Sean Connery appears because you're like, oh shit, Sean Connery's in this movie. Maybe it's not that bad. And then his entire inner exchange with Sir Gawain and everybody there, and it's classic fucking canon. It's like once a year I arrive. Like it's like way too much information. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like a canon thing. A classic from, and this is a classic from a lot of like movies that try to do a lot, but canon constantly does movies that try to do a lot. It's like, here are the thousand rules to this interaction. It's like, just fucking... (laughs) If you can cut my head off, you can have immortality and be a knight. But if you don't, you'll have to wait one year, and after that one year, I shall cut your head off. Unless, of course, you solve a riddle over the course of that year. And in that year, and it's like, and don't forget, you had magic armor made for yourself, and I have a magic axe, and we'll see these axes again. Like, everything is like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm like, very smart, very fucking so in lore of fantasy. I love all the shit. Arthurian legends specifically. I even really like that. And this movie is just. All right. Introduce Sean Connery. Sean Connery, read the back of the fucking. Uh action figure package or whatever. You know what I mean? He's reading, like, <laughs> he reads, like, the book jacket for the fucking movie and just rolls, and you're like... <laughs> you're like, all right, so let me follow... And then you don't even understand, like, when Sir Gawain in the next scene is off with his fucking squire, you're like, what is his plan? Like, where is he yeah. going?
3: <laughs> right. Yeah, he's just going out.
0: He's just out. It was like if you are trying to convince your friends to play, like, D&D, but... You're like, yeah, no, you'll get it, and then you also right. are playing like advanced packet, and yeah, like halfway through, you just have to be like, okay, let's just start playing. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. pick it up, I guess. Cause I, I thought the same thing. I was like, I'm smart. Like I'm not like, I don't. It's not me patting myself on the back. Like I'm smart enough to understand a canon film. But I should be. I should be at least should yeah. be. But never <laughs> understood the riddle. Never understood what was going on with that. Uh, and it, it. I was just like, felt like I was lost immediately and blamed it. At one point, I was like, oh, maybe it's just because it's blamed on this ancient poem of, uh, you know, Sir Gauguin and blah, blah, blah. And then saw on Wikipedia that it's like, yeah, it's like the most loosely based movie off of that. So I was like, oh, yeah, no, canon made up all this shit. <laughs> and just let Sean Connery just go for it. just fucking babble for a while.
1: how How many movies does Sean Connery play like an older voice of reason in like a medieval or fantasy settings, right? Because I was like, I was like, he's in first night. He randomly yeah. shows up at the end of Prince of Thieves. He's in Highlander. He does a yeah. lot like he got stereotyped for this. And he really does bring this movie at, like out of the swamp a little bit because, like, he's like objectively charismatic and like when he appears on screen you're like oh thank god like your (laughs) eyes are just drawn to him he's like he's so handsome even in his weird like bronzer and green lighting that makes him like look like orangey or dark brown and you're like
0: brown face like makeup like with glitter
1: (laughs) (laughs) right right (laughs) like sparkly brown face
0: <laughs> right. Chestless uh, armor. Oh, the chestless armor! Like I'm so yeah. Like when it when it paid off, I was like, "Thank God he had no chest plate." Like right. you set that up early on, where I was like, "At the first thought was just like I did right." I was like, "Oh, like Zardoz. Like he's got some weird fucked up Zardoz outfit." And I was like, right. "Oh, he's very proud of his hairy weird chest." Um, yeah, he does. But I mean, even in Medicine Man he almost is doing the same thing and only to himself. Like where he's like, he's just like, we found the cure for the plague of the 21st century. Like, it's just like, (laughs) okay, sure, man. (laughs)
2: Like,
0: I'll remember that from the trailer for the rest of my life. uh, Guided, guiding old man. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that was his. but that's the crazy part too, is I think like when we were watching it, I was like, oh, maybe this was just a time when he was like starting to be a little bit more down his luck. Cause that's the Canon fucking way is like, let's get a bunch of old actors. But then when I realized like both me and Frank, were now using the Canon film guide as like a fucking go-to encyclopedia for some of this stuff, <laughs> but that he was filming a fucking uh, Bond movie when he was doing this. Like he was yep. still Bond. <laughs> like this wasn't like after the fact, like he took a, three days off from never say never again to put on that crazy outfit and then go back to bond. Like why? I I don't know what he's thinking sometimes, Um, but I guess he just has the Michael Caine shit where he's just like, I just work in every single fucking movie. I don't give a fuck. Um, Yeah, no, he,
1: he clearly owed someone money or had like some kind of fuck, you know, he, cause that is, that is a weird, uh, I'm James Bond. I guess I'll also be, they also, we know they threw money at him. You know what I mean? Like we knew that he's fucking, yeah. They were like, here you go, dude, be in our movie, please. We would love to have you. This is how much we'll. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Cause it's just like you got, he, I would like to think he at least had 30 seconds of being like, that's the outfit you're putting me in. (laughs) Like I was literally just in a fucking tuxedo, but all right. How, what's that check number? throw another zero on there and I'll show you my chest hair. Like, let's do this.
1: Shine another green light on me. Will ya?
0: <laughs> yeah. Was he? So, yeah, I was confused even on that. I guess it was a combo of, was it shy like green light? And then was there some sort of post every once in a while? The, the, the horse was still glowing green and it shouldn't have been <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: just kind of had mold growing on it. Um, I will say, so that opening scene, too, that's where I was hearing a lot of farting and burping. Like, and I, was, <laughs> I wasn't I was sure if it was supposed to go along with that now the Knights of the Round Table are, are like, fat and lazy, uh, which I kind of like. I was like, I get it. Like, I'm in quarantine. We're all in quarantine. Like, you know, like, when shit's not going on, what are you going to not eat a giant pig head every day?
1: I feel like... I feel like that's there's like some weirdly subtle stuff happening in this movie that like oh yeah I guess that's a weird commentary because the world this movie lives in they don't even say uh King Arthur or anything really but no where we're to assume it's the Arthurian legend because Gawain is one of the knights of the round table right and right, right. so we're assuming this movie's this movie says like and who knows what the 76 movie from the same director says, but <laughs> it, it says like, oh, the Knights of the Round Table are old has-beens. They never gave Gawain respect, but he might be what it takes to save the fucking, the, our existence or whatever. Right. Because his, because his journey is not really mapped out, right? Like, we don't know. He's like, my end goal is to defeat blah, blah, blah. His end goal is to like, solve a riddle and or be ready to defeat The Green Knight, when his time comes around, right? Like, is that what we're saying? Yeah. Which is, which he doesn't even like real, like, there's no assigned path. Like, these fantasy movies are usually very. One to one, where you're like, "Well, if you can travel to the top of the temple of a hundred stairs, you shall right. be able to free your one true love." This movie's like, wander around and meet people, and we'll figure out how to <laughs> wrap it up at the end. <laughs>
0: yeah. Eventually, Cottery will have time in his schedule to show up and uh, shoot some more seeds with us. Yeah, because that is it doesn't even follow. The kind of Joseph Campbell like hero quest, really.
1: No, like, no, it doesn't involve. It's anything. no,
0: there is no not at end all. goal. It is just like if Joseph Campbell thought that the monomyth involved, I don't know, you just kind of wander around. <laughs> like, maybe there'll be a unicorn and then a sex witch, and then it'll kind of <laughs> chill out actually for a while. And then you're going to fall in love, but it's unclear why you're in love with this person. Uh, And then the green knight's going to be angry at you And you're going to think a a week has gone past But it's six months Yeah, it's just like There is no drive to it And so then you're not sure What you should be You can't even do that kind of like passive Like the point of the monomyth Is like you can kind of sit there And start to fill in the gaps Of what's going to happen next So like it was surprising Every time they do a new thing Kind of Right. But I didn't know where it was going to fucking go ever. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, the main connective tissue, I felt, to me, through most of it, was just constantly thinking, like, is he going to fuck right now? Like, (laughs) literally, like, there were, like, eight different scenes where I was like, is this what this is about? Is this some weird sex metaphor? Like he's growing from a young boy to a man, and he's gonna lose his virginity because, like, you know, every scene, like with that sex switch, and then with like anyone kind of talk about how, like, oh, you're a knight, and just like, like all of them, I just kept being like, oh, he's gonna fuck now, like this is gonna
3: happen yeah, again. Yeah, but didn't you like that setup of the key for the um for the armor and the key- at the beginning where he's like, I need to take a piss, and then like he's like, oh, here, use this, and then later on when he's in the chambers. <laughs> And he's like, "Oh, but by the way, I have this key," <laughs> right? Which implies, like, "Oh yeah, he can get naked and get busy."
0: Yes, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Everything's about fucking, man. Like he was gonna fuck. Uh, is that a real? Gabris, you would be the, the one who maybe knows the best. Is that a real thing, or they make that up for this movie?
1: Well, uh, they that must be a real thing. But also, I feel like. I can't imagine that armor was supposed to be worn, like, from the minute you leave. Like, I don't think you're, right. like, supposed to. <laughs> like, I can't imagine it's supposed to be worn for one full year unbroken. Like, I think yes. you're supposed
0: to. I think- Unless it's part of the riddle we didn't understand, you know? Like. That was the second line of the riddle was, the answer to the second line was, don't ever take that armor off for a year. I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. I get it.
1: Ra- uh, wrap your genitals in tinfoil and set the oven to 400, <laughs> and it should be baked by the end. <laughs> but uh, that the armor, they set up the armor like it's special, like the blacksmith is making it just for him, which we get right. before he is uh introduced as sort of a shitty like knight that has no hero uh stature then right. later on when he's finally like full-blown hero mode he's in gold armor and you're like yes. oh okay and then his armor that the blacksmith gives him gives him saves his ass in the torture chamber he f- uses it to pretty much fight and survive and you're like oh cool right. that's and then so you then you think like this armor is becoming part of his legend or whatever. And then in the next scene, he's just in like fully Johnny five uh, citizen uh, plating. He's like all, <laughs> he's all he looks like the fucking Joan Rivers droid from uh, Spaceball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Big shoulders on that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, that. I, yeah, because that's the thing. Like, that's again where I was confused right from that fucking opening scene. Like. The armor he's wearing, they end up saying, is King Arthur's armor, but it's only ceremonial armor. So when he's fighting the Black Knight, he can crush it, which also is just like dick move on King Arthur's part. Like, why is he yeah. giving him like tinfoil, basically? But so when, yeah, when does he even get it, that? What you're saying makes more sense to me that it should have been becoming part of the the story, but instead it's just kind of a, another thing that happens that maybe is for jokes kind of like the can opener part
1: there's a few yeah there's a few straight up joke attempts in this and it works it really like i do think they have a couple of funny lines and they re they really surprised me because i was not expecting like any um levity so like hearing like the, the couple of moments where you get one you're like Whoa, this is kind of cool. Right. Like Right. <laughs> yeah. Like when they joke, you're like, oh, cause that's that's funny because like I did not expect it. I did not expect like these characters to be speaking fluent English, no less no. like making jokes. <laughs>
3: My favorite of those moments was when uh, they're jumping out and they, they land in the rat pit. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And uh, the friar gets stuck in the ground uh, amongst the rats and the look on his face where he's like, just just stay down there when the guards are coming by. Right. He's got this look on his face like, oh, shit. <laughs> right. My favorite was, I don't remember which
0: fight it was, but he's about to hit a knight and he goes, wait for it. Boom. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? (laughs) There's like a weird Mel Brooks joke all of a sudden in the middle of this. Like there were like, that's a legitimate like joke, like a written (laughs) joke that comes out of nowhere. (laughs)
1: And it's not like a wink-wink joke. It's a character saying something that is... Like, the character is being funny, too, which is, like, a very weird layer to it where it's like, yeah, and Gawain also jokes around every once in a while. (laughs) You're like, right? (laughs) I just want to... You you mentioned the friar, and I had forgotten about him, but, like, this movie is, like got one foot in the King Arthur thing and you're like, okay, it's not really King Arthur. Then then this it's like, now it's Robin Hood. Like just the old Right. Right, right. (laughs) But not only is this Fry this Friar character is also a pickpocket, thereby a prince of thieves. This Friar is (laughs) Friar Tuck and Robin Hood at the same time. Just in this world. I if they would have met Robocop next, it wouldn't have been that surprising.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, is there ever a friar in King Arthur? ever? Is that a character that they would use?
1: It's I don't think it's like a known character. It's like a weird like, right. It's not part of the story. You have Knights of the Round Table. You don't need to add any more dudes to the uh, King Arthur legend. Like you have like <laughs> yes. twelve of them. <laughs> so right. they don't it's unnecessary. But wait wait, uh, Jeff, you you pitched earlier, not pitched, but you mentioned that it was a horny movie. Let's talk about Lynette a little bit. I feel like we're not talking, please. We've been dancing oh, yeah. around Lynette. The fact that he yes. meets her and then has her get kid, get- she's in and out of peril like four times in this movie, and it's like mm-hmm. the joke they make about like the Bechdel test or like writing for women. This woman is literally appears, gives him a magic item, is then uh, kidnapped three more times. One, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> like hey, that's- Insane. Before
0: we think she's saved, I was like, and then you burned her to death. I'm yeah, like, Jesus Christ.
1: And then this also, poor woman. The spider web part where they go like he goes back to the city she oh, was in, yeah. and right. and there's like a they're covered in cobwebs. And you're like, what's happening? And then he frees her. And you're, I don't even understand any of that part of the movie. And that's like uh, the middle 18 minutes. <laughs>
0: <it's> yeah, like- <laughs> so that's the thing. Like, so by the time they get to her, I mean, here, yeah, let's go through a couple of the confusions there. One, I guess it's, I mean, even that is like, now we've got some Lord of the Rings stuff. Because we've got not only like a ring that makes you invisible, but like a kind of like Lothlorian, like land that is hidden kind of,
1: is where she's from. Yeah, so that's that's what confused me. So that Black Knight is the defender of this weird lost land, but it is one of the places Gawain has to go to for the riddle, or right. he, it, it's like a destination of some sort. So he defeats that Black Knight in a very funny... Th- there's a lot of visible rubber swords in this movie, which I appreciate. Like a lot of yes. like... A lot of guys unsheathing their sword and you seeing it like fully bend as it comes out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, like to the point where it's like when you need to get a sword at fucking like abracadabra or Halloween adventure in New York and you're like, I don't need the expensive one. Like the four dollar one's going to work just fine.
1: It definitely feels like pulling out like a lime green pistol in like a sketch about like a dramatic <laughs> cop sketch or whatever. <laughs> They're right. like,
0: get down on the phone, Do floor. you think we should paint this? <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like, right. dude, sorry. I'm trying to, mem- I don't even know my lines to this dumbass. Someone, <laughs> someone else has to paint this garbage. It's like, no, nah, just use it as green. Suspension of disbelief. Right. They'll figure it out.
0: <laughs> Cause I thought that, I mean, I guess that's why I thought he had to get the black knight because the green. Night had set him up with the Black Knight, and the Sex Witch had set them up. But I guess that was somehow connected to the riddle you're saying that they had to get to
1: that land. I don't even know.
0: I mean, yeah, maybe I mean that is also what we end up doing on this podcast a lot is rewriting the script to make it actually vaguely work. Right. Yeah.
1: On action on Action Boys, we refer to it as like, now we're doing a lot of work here, but I and like (laughs) where you just kind of like break down, you're like, I think this is what they were going for. (laughs) And
0: you're like, It's always the beautiful part, and I'm sure you guys realize this on Action Boys. Like, I think Frank, you might be the best at this, is like we'll come up with like one scene that could have been like three lines
2: yeah. to solve
0: all of the problems. And you're just right. like, what happened here? Cause all we need is like the you sex witch. S- someone to, to guide us. <laughs> you need someone to be Sean Connery at the beginning again, yeah. like just guide us a little.
1: Yeah. Just tell us like that moment when he goes, I've only figured out the first three parts of the riddle. I was like, Wait, what you have? Like Yeah, con- <laughs> yeah we didn't know. Yeah, like Maybe congratulations, man. I wish nice. I would have I wish there would have been a title card where it's like riddle one solved, you know? Like Right. Fu- <laughs> it would have made way more I sense. I got too distracted by
0: that like red ceramic rubber frog trying to fuck you at one point. Oh, my
1: God. I forgot about that whole fucking sequence. Jesus Christ. This movie is so weird. But that's what
3: I was going to mention is because Sean Connery says, his character says, like, you've done it too soon to the witch. Right. Because he said, like, that was supposed to come later where he was supposed to uh, fight the Black Knight, but then she had ruined it by making it happen too soon. And I got lost on that being like, well, what? But then that... Indicates that there's some kind of form to this, yeah, or there's some kind of journey that he's supposed to do, but we don't know what that journey is. And you know what would be like,
0: amazing, Frank? Is if what's that if that scene was actually just Sean Connery talking and that was Sean Connery saying, like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? Like, <laughs> we, we're moving way too quick. Because also, when the sex switch comes, that's when I was like, man, this movie's moving really quick. Like, maybe he was the one person. He is the Steve James of this movie <laughs> where he's the one pointing out, like, this is wrong. This is
3: wrong. For a second, I thought that he was uh, appearing as that witch, the sex witch. Yeah. And that he, like, just he was, was like Sean Connery him. was some kind of like magical imp that kind of is like trying to throw him off the track, too. Right. Uh, just because she had the same kind of green glitter for a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: she did. Not as much brown yeah. face as him, but you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't. I guess he, uh, yeah. Again, like I, like you're pointing out, Gabriel. It's like it's like the rules are clearly there for someone, but we're not getting them. And when Lynette, when all of a sudden they were in love, I was just like, wait, did she know about him? Like, does that land that nobody goes to have a myth about him
1: coming to him? <laughs> uh, Maybe I, I don't know. But also another highlight of that part is that the Black Knight gets rescued, gets all the way brought into town. And he's like, "This is the dude that stabbed me," and everyone's like, "Get up!" Oh it's yeah, like- <laughs> I actually <laughs> that did love lie. that part. That's really <laughs> funny. Like that's such a funny idea yeah. of like, "Yeah, well, you idiot! Why would you bring me back to where my bet, where my like crew is? You fucking moron! You're gonna I die." I love
0: that. <laughs> Wayne was like this close to being like, "Ooh, gotta go!" Like, geez, I really blew that. Um. Yeah, and then... So so then, yeah, she rescues him from that awesome fucking prank Black Knight (laughs) pulls on him. And then (laughs) gives him a magical ring, aka the one ring to rule them all, uh, that will make him invisible. That also, when later, she was like, no, the ring can't save you anymore. But then she uses it to go invisible. I was like, again, rules. There are rules here that we're not getting. Uh... And then they fucked, right? Like they had sex. Yeah, definitely.
3: I think that's what's implied with that that key.
0: Oh yeah, he had the fucking
3: can opener key. Uh, yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, and I think also because it's a impl- you know the next day when he wakes up and he's dressed like he's uh, in a white snake video, <laughs> right? And then like, and then she that other the evil queen or whatever. I don't even know who the fuck she is. The one that was like saying that he would fulfill the other duties. Yeah. The, the, that the protector would have, she kind of like looks at him and kind of implies like, oh, okay. I know
1: why. Cause you guys boned.
0: Right. The one who looks like Maleficent was definitely going to fuck her as well. Well, uh, or fuck him.
1: Did I hear that was someone's brother? I, that, that whole segment, I didn't fully understand what was going on where, uh, Oh yeah. Oh
0: God. Oh no. I, tr- <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I mean, I hope but not also, too. Probably.
2: Yeah.
1: I didn't really know what was going on over there with fucking John Reese Davies' son and whoever the, uh, and Peter Cushing, like the, the, that whole like dynamic was confusing to me. <laughs>
0: That's the crazy part is I almost forgot Peter Cushing was in this movie, even though we talked about at the beginning, because so much happens. And when they leave that land, which as you said, they come back then and they're covered in spider webs and I don't really know why I guess they time had passed in this land that they can't go to but then they went to another land I guess
1: where where they were conscripting prisoners into becoming the army for that guy in the like I don't know what the actor's name is but it's great casting great canon casting of just like a big fucking white meathead with a big Alcoholic's face. (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, canon does the best thing. Like, whenever it has to, like, book criminals or cast criminals, like, um, yeah. the la- the last dragon has like dudes in like mesh tank top, like fa- like three hundred pound guys in mesh tank tops and shit. It's like, but the one thing they do is like, it's always still white people. Like that's one what- one thing cat yes. does is like <laughs> Not Every everyone in this movie is it's magical, it's mystical. Everybody's white though, so don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> right, but the guy they cast for that like skeezy red knight that will eventually try to kill that he'll fight three times or whatever that- that dude yep. has got a fucking look and a half, like, and he does. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: That's the dude from Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? The Nazi.
1: Oh right, uh, yes, yes,
3: yeah. And he's just doing that 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 Nazi voice, uh, which <laughs> yeah. is so out of place in the medieval time, like, yeah. he's like,
2: "Oh my god!" He yeah.
3: sounded like he sounded like um, Steve Carell, uh, that character he did uh, on the Dana Carvey show. Where it was like the uh, the polite Germans, yeah, yes. <laughs> where he's like, "It was a pleasure babysitting Kevin."
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: oh, oh, my and god! I was trying to figure out where I knew him from. He was just in fucking Buckaroo Banzai. I, I mean, yeah. I, ju- I, just b- I just saw Buckaroo. Same year. I just saw Buckaroo Banzai. Wait a yeah.
0: second, who is he in Buckaroo Banzai?
1: The president.
0: The guy in the ch- in Traction. Oh, he fucking is. I think that's the role I might actually know him better from than Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> now that you say it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's definitely him. Yep, yep, yep. I got it. I got it.
3: That's so funny because Buckaroo Bonsai came out, I think, either the weekend before or the weekend after this movie came out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Crazy. The same month. Big year for that guy.
1: It also bombed when it came out, too. So that guy had two back-to-back bombs. (laughs) That
3: was a rough year for him. (laughs) He got blacklisted
0: from Hollywood after that one for a little bit. (laughs) Um, I Also, let's not forget, because it's very easy to forget, all the people that are in here. And maybe we didn't get to it then yet, but David Rappaport shows up. The guy from Time Bandits. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. (laughs) And that TV show The Wizard which I love. Did you guys watch The Wizard when it was on TV? I remember that, yeah. He played, like, a toy maker, but his toys, he would, like, solve crimes with the toys and, like, worked for the government, maybe. Uh, It was a very good show. (laughs) Um, But I was so psyched when he showed up. I was like, there he is, baby. Best part of TIE Bandits is fucking this guy. But even that was, like, a scene where I was like, they went to the... Something rock, the screaming rock or something was part of the the fucking the uh, the poem, and then that guy just kind of gave him some warning, and I was like, all right, they've rapports here, and then Peter Cushing shows up again. I'm like, oh, here, okay, I don't know what's going on.
3: Yeah, it applied a rule that didn't make sense because he's just like, you're not playing the game.
0: Oh, right, yeah. yeah. And that was also the point where especially I was like, wait, what is the game? There's a game? I thought he was solving. Like, I get as Gabriel's point out, there is no fucking end goal. But the whole time, everyone's talking about how he's not getting to the end goal. And of course, he doesn't know where he's going because nothing makes sense uh, except for to,
1: to not have an end goal when you're, you've established that there's a simple game. You know what I mean? It's yes. like, that means it should be crystal clear. It's like, you're only on step two of the game, Sir Gawain. You know? like they, <laughs> Right. Yeah. They set it up. We're not adding anything to it other than, like, you guys established that this is the rules. It's like, it might help the movie be clearer. <laughs> like-
0: yes, 100%. Um, <laughs> also, do we, I mean, we don't know, but what was Humphrey doing all that time? When he just disappeared.
1: It's not explained, but my guess would be combat training because Humphrey can fucking handle himself later on in the movie. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Humphrey might be the only person who can fight. Humphrey's the Steve James again of this movie. Like Humphrey is the one who's like, just look what I'm doing. Uh, He's funny.
1: He's like the funniest part of the movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is he the hidden gem? I think he might be. He's, the- he's
3: He looked like Zachary Levi. I was like, oh, that guy looks like Zachary Levi. And then he's got this guy liner on like he's from the revolution. <laughs> yes. He Peter Cushing was
0: who?
1: Do we know what he did exactly? He, I don't know what he did, but he like was like in John Rhys Davies uh, stead. He like. Okay. Took care of the. Fu- I, he was like the right hand man. He was like the worm tongue to John Reese Davies. And when John Reese Davies left to go adventure, he took advantage of his son, who was the Nazi, and made him right. like go do sketchy shit, like kidnap soldiers to develop, like to build an army. And then eventually he wanted to buy and sell uh, <laughs> Lynette, but decided right. to keep decided to keep him, or kidnap and sell Annette, but then decided to keep her for himself. I think that's what I've gathered.
2: (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. And
0: I guess in the end, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With the the other night with the perm?
2: Right. Yes. With the other night with the perm. (laughs) And (laughs) then, yeah,
0: so they were going into conscription because like, as Humphrey said, it's like, we'll figure out some information and we'll get paid a little bit. Uh... (laughs) And then that was where we really found out that Buckaroo Banzai redhead guy really sucks at fighting. Like, he makes this, like, big speech, which was, like, to me felt like a low-rent, like, Milius-style speech. Like, it felt like a low-rent Conan the Barbarian speech. Oh, yeah. When he was just like do you know what a sword is? A sword is three feet of tempered steel with death on every inch. And you're like, yeah, I mean, it's okay. Oh, right. Uh, But it's totally a kind of half-ass Conan the Barbarian, like, what is great in life? Like, to hear the lamentations (laughs) of the women, like, sort of speech. Um, Because he follows it up by being, like, literally the worst sword fighter in the entire movie, (laughs) which was very funny to me. Uh, I kind of like, it's a character that immediately could not step up to the plate. Like, it was just like, and just like almost shitting himself
3: while he's trying to fight Gawain. That scene also had the best, like when he uh, was fighting him, the crowd that cheers is so like underwhelmed. Yeah. Like, yeah. It reminds me of that guy from- um, Messenger of Death? Yeah, Messenger of Death. It reminded me of the guy- the extra who comes up to him and goes, "Here's your check, Homer." <laughs> it was just like a bunch of bunch of guys that are like, "Yeah, here's some family members. We're just gonna have them in. and they're just like, "Yay, we are! <laughs> just like, we're
0: like 10, 12 episodes in, maybe to the canon filmography." I've, I think that actor might be your favorite actor in all of. Canon, I think so. Frank. Like
3: the Hal lead, yeah. the Hal Hartley family member who they're like, "Let's give him a line," and then he just comes in. Here's He's your like, check, You're Homer. You're doing great. <laughs>
0: he has one line at the end of messenger of death the low rent bronson movie no one should care about and we brought him up in every every episode (laughs) if we ever make shirts that guy's getting his own shirt um uh, so yeah and then i get and then he gets tortured they find out and then i guess he gets tortured i guess just to show off the
1: goods why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they have him be shirtless in one fight at least? You know what I mean, like right, right, yeah, like I, if you got that, flaunt it. If that's my main character in a movie, I, like objectify his ass. It's 1984. Yeah. You have a fucking, you have fucking soft core Tarzan. Get him fucking right. <laughs> Get him training with his shirt off. Get him swinging a sword with his shirt off. Get him fighting fucking Connery bare chested. Anything. It would be fucking tight.
0: Right. Because you almost forget. It's not like, you know, because you said he's got that fucking uh, 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 Joan Rivers in fucking Spaceballs shirt on for most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then that fucking tinfoil wrapped around him. Like, it's a shocker when he's getting tortured. You're like, oh, right. Like, you've (laughs) got a better body than I'm ever gonna have. Uh, Yeah, it is really insane. And then, yeah, what's it, uh, Jonathan Reese davis Like, I mean, he fucking goes for it. More than Connery, even. Like, it's just like a yell fest. Uh, Well...
1: It's funny to imagine that they had Connery for two days, so they shot like the first and third act, and uh, in two <laughs> days, and then John Rhys Davies <laughs> was there for fucking. He had to leave at lunch, and they were like, "All right, let's just yeah. sh- let's like go to four locations, and you just scream your fucking head <laughs> yeah. off." All right, like we shall die, and we shall who? I could out. watch if this movie was eighty minutes of fucking John Rhys Davies at that like big uh, D&D chessboard, like Warhammer thing, where he was like teaching yes. strategy. I could have watched that. I could have watched him improvise that forever. <laughs> yeah,
0: 100%. Like that's, I mean, that's a dream role. Maybe get that other guy who I thought was John Reese davies and Flash Gordon who plays the the winged warrior who yells also. Uh- <laughs> Get a bunch of barrel-chested bearded men screaming at each other around a Monopoly board. Uh, I'm all for it. Yeah, it sounds like a perfect movie canon. (laughs) Uh, And then, yeah, so then he fights the blacksmith somehow, which I thought was going to be the scene we saw at the beginning. Like, it seems like that should have been where he gets his armor. He's going to find the magical piece of armor he needs to solve the third line in the fucking riddle. But then he doesn't, right? He just kind of fights the guy. It's just another kind of half-assed fight.
1: There this is a weird I like this fight because the friar gets involved and like fucking kills people. And you know, like, what is this oh, dude's right. religion? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: like he like <laughs> Oh yeah. Well he says, God forgive me, and he's like, Don't worry, he will. But then the uh then he sets uh, them on fire. <laughs> right. Right. He just murders them. <laughs> well, yeah, cause the friar
0: also say at the end some line like Something about how Gawain's going to end up in heaven, and he's like, uh, but I won't be there. <laughs> and I was like, wait, did you just say you're going to hell? <laughs> like, Jesus, Friar. <laughs> Made me kind of like him even more. Uh- <laughs> but that's the great, like, he's a confusing Friar, too. Like, yeah, he murders people. He steals. Uh, and he's got the best laugh in the entire world, besides a Reese Davies laugh.
3: Yeah, because there's that scene where he... Uh- he he steals something from Gawain and then he, uh, says yeah, but I'll pay for it with these jewels. And then he's like ah ha 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 ha, <laughs> and it takes way too long. They like linger on it for way too long with that laugh of just like ha 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 ha, like it was gonna freeze frame.
1: Well, they had to develop Gawain and the friar's relationship to the point where the friar would turn against his religion and kill on behalf of this guy that he met a day <laughs> right. ago. So right. they had they have and like also it we blow past a little bit that it's fucking pretty serendipitous that the friar has also been arrested <laughs> like it's so crazy. oh yeah <laughs> they didn't get arrested together he met them uh, completely under different contexts then gets arrested they're both arrested and then they both decide to break out and murder so like to develop that relationship you gotta have one extended weird laugh situation <laughs>
0: (laughs) Look, Gabrus, I'm going to admit that might have been around the time I started looking at
1: my phone. Oh, Uh, bro, that's (laughs) completely reasonable, man.
0: (laughs) But even that, they develop their relationship more than fucking Gawain and Lynette. Like they're like them. I'm just like, whatever. I guess they're going to fuck. Now they're in love, and they're like, he's going to give up his life for her, maybe for some reason. So he wants to then go his own way because. Lynette in the most shocking moment until she comes back. And I just assumed right. when <laughs> she came back, that it was going to be like her sister or something that looks exactly That's like I her. Thought.
3: But, but like the parallel universe version of her. Right.
0: Cause we already were like, you live in some Lothlorien hidden kingdom, whatever bullshit. Uh, and then, so she burns. And so does fucking buckaroo bonsai. Just like, flesh off their bones as far as I'm concerned and then Gawain's like I need to go on my own now is the time which is probably some part of the hero quest and then he goes on his own but really all that seems to involve is him just like wandering around the English countryside poorly falling over all the time and then ending up back at that guy with the perm's house to ask him for help right and so he doesn't really go on his own. He just kind of gets more help from other people.
1: Dude, talking about this plot is making me want to look at my phone.
0: <laughs> I, that's the thing. Like, as I was describing it, I started staring at my window. Like, I was like, oh, look at the tree over there.
1: Like, I, I li- was going to fall down. Uh. You, you literally, I was just like, hmm, I, do I have to do laundry today? <laughs> like, my brain is like. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: But I think, because that's, again, like, at that point, I was like, dude, I don't fucking know. Just get Sean Connery back. Because he also was gone at that point for so long. Like, it's like he, I forgot he was in the fucking movie. And then Lynette is now, like, the one I thought was going to be Bizarro, Ghost, Sister Lynette, whatever, is talking in riddles again, because she's like, we are awake, and yet we dream on. I'm like, wait, what? Are you here? Or what is going on? And then... Basically, she was like, hey, no, no, I'm alive, but this guy has me and he owns me like his horse. So, you know, go on your way. Like, we're done. He's like, okay, that's cool. And then he gets gold armor. But, like, he seems to be pretty fine with that. He's just like, and before that, he was so fucking deeply in love. Uh (laughs) And then this is also now something I thought about, like that you might have an answer to, gabris. do they really need to lift knights onto their horse with pulley
1: systems?
3: Oh, that was great
1: i that's crazy. I believe they might they might have like once you're fully armored, it's like very fucking heavy. so I would I'm imma- sure. <laughs> I would imagine that was a real thing. maybe
0: it's supposed to be some joke that he had that weird light armor on before, but also like. Then he can't get off the horse. Like, what do you do? It you're just on that horse, I guess. I guess that's jousting. If he was planning on jousting, uh, <laughs> and then they have another LARP scene that has some of the wobbliest swords I've ever seen, and then <laughs> it just kind of it just kind of ends, right? The movie just kind of yeah. stops.
3: It just kind of stops because then, like after that battle where uh, Connery's face just like fucking collapses in on itself. Uh, which remind me of an effect from that movie spookies that I mentioned uh, <laughs> Jeff that you check out um he goes he goes up to to her and then she's like well uh yeah I can't stay here and then she turns into a dove and then there's a weird freeze frame on him going like what
0: right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the end of the
3: movie yeah <laughs> that's the end of the movie
0: well and because before that he it's just like she—he had some magical scarf that he didn't really know was magical. Completely, it just kind of said protect, and then his head didn't get cut off. And I was right. like, okay, that's it, cool. Like, and Connery's just like, yep, out of here.
1: And then does Sir Gawain become the protector of that like hidden land? Is that like what I think his goal is at the end? Maybe I think so.
0: And now he has to go fuck Maleficent, that old lady. Uh, and not Lynette?
3: I hope no, so. No, but they're dead.
0: <laughs> or does he get oh, yeah, Lyn- yeah, No, yeah. but yeah, no, now Lynette's a bird. And so she doesn't exist. No, I think he might just go back to King Arthur. Maybe? I don't <laughs> think that land exists. I mean, I guess ultimately, again, it doesn't fucking matter. But that's the crazy part is I think, like, at the end of it, I was just like, what? Like, that was it, man? Like, that's you made me go through all that for that? Uh, is ultimately the wrap-up of it is it I mean I wrote down at one point that it was like this is just like a collection of scenes like it's just like which I know is basically what a movie is but like (laughs) (laughs) it's just like yeah if you had to like I didn't even bother doing the one-line summary of what this movie is at the beginning because kind of who gives a fuck like it's just like Sir Gawain does a bunch of shit and then maybe wins. Well, but we that, don't know.
1: That's the thing about uh, canon movies is they break your brain in a way where they make you realize you you're not even rooting for anything to happen because you don't know like what the end like. If you watch a movie that makes more sense, you'll have a desire of like what you want. Oh, I hope he ends up with the girl. Oh, I hope right. this bad guy gets their comeuppance. Oh, I hope we finally get to see him use this power he's learning in the first act. Canon right. just shakes all that shit up and is like, "We have no idea what we're doing. You have no idea what we're doing." So you're you never feel satisfied because you. Ne- but you always go, "Wow!" Like it's like a. A weird like old country buffet you're like i feel sick (laughs) i enjoyed myself but i don't feel fulfilled or satisfied in any way right (laughs) and i'm not looking for like a clean roundup that makes sense when i put on a canon movie so i'm fine with just living with sir gawain seeing some crazy ass scenes but because it's so confusing i don't even know i'm like is lynette what he wants is getting his head cut off what he wants does he want Uh, gold armor like I don't understand any of that shit and so it's so fun you get to just like take the pressure off of having any preconceived desires in this movie and just be like well this is a fun movie to watch (laughs) and just like put it on yeah it ends and you go I enjoyed that I don't know if I care where it went to where it came from at all but I enjoyed that the experience of having my eyes look at that movie
0: right I think it's just so crazy that like Before we started, I was like, oh, this will probably be closer to one of the quote unquote good ones like that canon does. Uh, But then like halfway through, I was like, God, me and Frank are like always like picking apart the plots of like American Ninja and stuff. And I'm like, that made more sense to me. Like I like (laughs) like it's still empty calories, but like at least had a little bit like in this where like I I think because I assumed it had the the basis of King Arthur legend that I would be like oh I'll be able to fill in the blank but instead I was just like all right just more stuff is happening uh and yeah I think it's just it's crazy to me I didn't expect it to be so ramshackle (laughs) which I think is partly why when you were texting me Frank you were briefly like wondering like wait did they think that this was like a parody
3: film they were making almost. Well, that's that's what I want to mention. Cause I feel like the reason why I enjoyed watching this movie other than being high, um <laughs> which helps was the fact that it felt to me like a like it felt like the medieval version of dark place. Right.
1: Right, right, right. yeah. Cause it, it did feel like even they were laughing at like, look how much crazy ass shit we have going on in this movie. <laughs>
3: like, <laughs> Right. Yeah, You have a ceramic, a a, a a Muppet frog that then turns into a ceramic, like everything felt like a, <laughs> like a Frankenstein's Frankenstein's monster type of like parody where like the tone is just so in like, so perfect for like that type of movie. And it's making all the bad choices that would make fun of a type of movie like that. So to me, I was almost watching it with that lens of being like, oh, this is like a great like Chris Morris or like, uh, you know, uh, uh, David Wayne ish type of right parody. But do you think they were really? No, they weren't. (laughs) No, (laughs) But that's why I was able to watch it. But with that lens, I was like loving it because I was like, this is so funny. Yes. To me, uh, because with that lens. But no, they definitely weren't trying that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> i just wish i had watched it at the same time as you and you had texted me that while i was watching it so i could have like rewired my brain instead of sitting there being like all right garlock you got to keep track of this plot
3: like this is going to be important like this is I mean, not this...
0: just a collection of set pieces oh. i kept
3: expecting matt berry to show up because like it felt like that type of oh my setting.
0: god Welcome to my dream. That would have been, yeah, if Matt Berry had shown up halfway through, this would have been an A plus, 10 star film (laughs) for me. Um, Gawain, I challenge you. (laughs) Gawain? Would have been a dream, but, uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, for me, my summary at the end was like, the last thing I wrote was just, well, that was something
1: I watched. (laughs) Yeah. In reality, though, like, this is the thing, like, it, it is a thing that I watched and I would rather have done that than do so many other things in life. And I didn't even really enjoy the movie that much. Oh God. Yeah. Right. That's how much movies mean to me is just like the fact that I got to watch that didn't even like it. And I just still, the experience was such a fucking delight to see something that you haven't seen before, uh, featuring actors that you know and like, and featuring a, a genre that you don't get to see too much of and blah, 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 all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So it's just so exciting, you know, especially
0: when, you know, I know you're like the two of us, like we can't go to a fucking movie theater and literally the only thing I want to (laughs) do, like, I I, I don't care about anything else.
1: I tweeted this yesterday, so it's hack to bring up here on the pod. But I was playing The Last of Us 2, and there's a scene where you go into like an abandoned movie theater, and the main mm-hmm. character's never been in a movie because she was like born after the, uh, <laughs> right. uh, the fuck, and she's like, "Wow, Joel would have really liked to see in a movie here," and you're like, "I got like <laughs> teared up." Like I was like, "Oh my yeah. god," she's <laughs> like walking into an abandoned movie theater, being like, "This place is weird," and I'm like, "Yes, it is." Oh no. Yeah, <laughs> fucked me up uh, big time.
0: What a hellscape we live in, but that's why Sword of the Valiant is the beautiful salve that we need in our lives, I guess. Um, do we have any kind of uh, final thoughts or anything we didn't get to? I- I'll go first. Cabers,
1: yeah. I wish these movies were R-rated. Like this movie, and like I'd hate to be heteronormative, fucking old straight white man, but this movie could have used some more tits and male you know male nudity like one sex scene or like when the sex demon comes for him like some sort of like flirty scary moment would have been fuck like would have like up the movie to like at least not a weird kids movie it could have been like a weird adult movie (laughs)
0: you want to see that red toad's dick
1: like real bad yeah i want that
0: i would have killed for it
1: yeah, in a scene where, like, a sex witch is fucking with you, it's like, let's see some sex stuff and some witch stuff, for fuck's sake.
0: Yeah, it is actually kind of crazy, like, especially for it being canon Relate like, where, like, there's so much horniness in this movie uh, that, yeah, to not give us sex, uh, that sex witch was, uh, immediately when she walked in, I, and, like, we saw that tent, even, I was like, oh, that's a sex tent. Like, yeah.
1: that's going oh, to happen. I, I, re- I recognize... I've been to Bonnaroo. I recognize. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I They rented the sex stuff. They paid a little bit extra for it. It's great. Um, yeah. It could have used, used some. As gross as it, it sometimes feels to say that, it does yep. actually weirdly just feel like they, like, just cut it out. Because there's no way there wasn't sex stuff in right. there before.
3: <laughs> right, right.
0: Um, any other thoughts, Frankie?
3: No, just that, I mean, like... Um... Yeah, just to that point, it is kind of weird that it wasn't a little bit more edgier, especially with Miles O'Keefe coming off of that weird Tarzan uh, movie, um, but uh, just some, they used a lot of like Three Stooges type of editing shots
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> where they would like speed something up to make it look like it was going in a certain direction or to achieve certain effect shots. They would just like reverse or speed up, which is always my favorite. Um there was a scene where I laughed so hard when he was trying to save um, what's her name? Uh, I already forgot it. <laughs> Lewin. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, yeah, Lynette. No, sorry. no, Lewin. Le-Win. Gwyn. It's that's the ship name that I have for them. Um, but yeah, like I think uh, when he's trying to save her and he's going up the stairs and he takes a guard and puts him on the guardrails or on the 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 stairwell, and then. Pushes him down and he rides the stairwell down. The yes. guard rides it down like, <laughs> like he's just hugging it. And yeah, rides he, it down uh, like
1: backwards. Yeah, he like boogie boards yeah. down the banister, more or less. Like <laughs> on.
3: exactly. Yeah, I laughed so hard at that. Um, the the guy that was torturing him kind of looked like the Energizer guy. The the Jacko, the Energizer guy, the Australian yep. one. Also, or Phil Collins in the Mama video.
0: Yeah, also the star of the Highway Man. A uh, TV uh, show on NBC when we were ten.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I think like overall, like this movie's uh pretty uh, pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but I I did enjoy it a lot again uh, because I was high, but then also because I did have it through that lens, being like, this seems like a great, very niche parody type of movie, and that was the way that I was able to enjoy it. But otherwise, I would have been kind of like, a oh boy, yeah, um, but yeah. Those are my thoughts. I don't really have much too much to add.
0: Yeah, I mean I think we nailed it all. I mean I think like again, I still kind of think more interesting than crawl. Like just to get as Gabriel said, doesn't take itself as seriously, which helped. Um, yeah,
1: I'm going to rewatch Crawl. Uh I'm, I I actually like opened up one of those IMDb lists uh after watching this mm-hmm. movie for like Sword and Sorcery movies and I'm like I feel right. like I should watch all these and none of them look good.
3: <laughs> like no. <laughs> Yeah. No. Well, Miles O'Keefe is in like most of them too. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, he's in a lot. He's in a lot.
3: <laughs> yeah. Those were uh, like that's like his bread and butter.
0: I mean, he's got the goods, baby. Look at that look at that chest of his all oiled up. Uh, for sure. Oh,
3: there was one Connery line that I really liked up top when he first came in when he says only fools and priests do squander life with thoughts of death
0: yep. yes <laughs> good line a lot of good like anti-christian stuff in this in a weird way <laughs> like they just shoved yeah. It in um, yeah I thought yeah I mean ultimately I think we we, we said it all it is it's just kind of is what it, I'm, I'm worried I'm gonna try to hunt down the other one with Murray head in 1970, and try to watch it. Oh, and you should. I, I probably will. I mean, you know, whatever. What else am I going to do in this fucking quarantine? But, uh, <laughs> and then I'll report back on how this movie is a gem uh, in relation to that fucking movie. Yeah, man. I I, 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 it's ridiculous, but everyone should watch it. And good luck finding it because it ain't anywhere. So, and we ain't sharing it. So go buy some weird bootleg, fucking foreign PAL format yeah. DVD, yeah. Uh, or get on Pirate Bay. <laughs> yeah, get yourself a v-
1: get yourself a VHS and start hanging out at like San Gabriel Valley, uh, v- <laughs> VHS conventions.
0: <laughs> Dude, I know that is actually. The thing that's screwing us the most. We should be going to weird swap meets like and trying to find some of these, but Gabris, out of uh ten canons, we do a canon rating. How canon is this movie in the terms of canon films to you?
1: Okay. I'm gonna give it uh a six out of six canons because I what I think is keeping it away from being an eight to ten canon film is it's missing two elements of Canon films that I kind of really like. Which is the machoification, arguably like the uh, male gaze of uh, the male protagonist, and uh, we get a little bit of it in this movie, but not enough, not a lot of the like. I like when it's like Michael Dudikoff is an absolute fucking sex symbol, (laughs) you know, dig in, Uh, right? (laughs) And then also it needed like it didn't need this, but what makes it what makes a Cannon Mill film is like weird foreign policy politics being discussed for the entire movie where it's, (laughs) it's arguably racist for even the time that the movie takes place where you're like, 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 just like that intense Israeli like foreign policy background shit that's always in these movies of like, well, of course yeah. the Soviets are doing this. They believe this. And you're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. I, so it does feel
0: that. like we're we're missing the opportunity to feel bad politically that we say we like a movie in this one. Frank, what's your canon rating?
3: Uh I'm probably about like, yeah, five because of that reason too, it's got enough of the like weird elements of being like the ADR, the, the choices being made. Um, the fact that the director had already done this film and (laughs) they gave him a chance to do it again. Um, yeah. And I think like, yeah, it's just missing a lot of like kind of the canon skeeviness that usually the other movies have where you're just like, Oh, where you (laughs) are a little like uncertain about how you should feel about it, but it's still kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I think I'm going to do a 5.5. It would have been a 6. We don't have the canon logo, though. And so if we find out that there is a canon logo, uh, I'm going to retcon that to a 6 uh, at some (laughs) point. But for now, we're leaving it at 5.5.
1: Yeah. Listeners will be waiting with bated breath to see if you bump up the sword of Valiant from 5.5 to 6. I'm sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) two people are just wondering what is going to happen here. So- Gabriel thank you so much for doing this. Is there anything uh, anything else you needed to plug? Uh, I know we did your plugs at the top, but anything yeah, else you do doing coming up?
1: Check out High and Mighty and the, the Action Boys podcast. That's all I really got. I'm happy to have credits finally.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's good to have credits. Uh, fantastic. So again, to everyone, Frank, why don't you do the email since I keep messing it up?
3: Yeah, so you can uh, email us at The Cannon Cannon. The second cannon is with one N. And the same thing for our social medias uh, on Twitter, at cannon, cannon and on Instagram, at The cannon, cannon They're both The Cannon Cannon. See, now I fucked it up. Thanks a lot.
0: <laughs> no problem.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, at The Cannon Cannon. Just remember that second cannon has one N. And that's where you can find us and follow us and email us and let us know how we uh, fucked up or how we pissed you off because we talk shit about Joker or any of the other movies you love. Please, Um, it will keep happening. Yeah, and thank you again for everyone
0: listening and also for people reaching out with uh, some of the Lost Gems. I know someone just sent out on the Twitter a YouTube link to Avenging Force in case anyone can't find it because, again, hard to find. uh, But someone found a good dub of it. If there's anything you know that we're going to have a hard time finding... Uh, shoot us a line. Let us know. Again, Kinjite, Forbidden Subjects, I got to get a read on you at some point. But until then, I'm Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. And this is
2: The, the Cannon.
0: Cannon. 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 <laughs> Wait for it.